Hey, hey, thanks for tuning in to the Just Janice podcast. I am your host, Janice, and we know that the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy. So in this joy-filled podcast, you're going to hear real-life stories from other believers. We're going to talk about the kingdom. We're going to magnify Jesus, and it's going to be awesome. So thanks for tuning in, and here we go. Hey everyone, thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode of Just Janice. I'm super excited for today's episode because I have a really, really good friend and sister in Christ, Bonnie, joining me today. And you guys are going to love to hear from her. When I think of her, I think of Proverbs 31:26, which says, she opens her mouth with wisdom and faithful instruction is on her tongue. So Bonnie has been a super awesome like mentor and friend in my life and just someone who I've looked to for her godly wisdom. So I'm excited that you guys are going to get to hear from her today. So welcome, Bonnie. Thank you. Thank you for having me, Janice. Yes. So I thought like something that I love doing on the show and that's actually like in the intro part of the podcast is uh, sharing real life stories of other believers. I think it's important for people to like hear our testimonies and hear where we come from, because I think sometimes maybe people look at us and they think, you know, uh, she can't relate to me. I've been through my my life has been totally different than hers. She's just yeah. like this, this perfect Christian who has it all together and I can't relate. And I know like you have such a powerful testimony and um, yeah. So do you just want to like go ahead and start us off with just sharing who is Bonnie? Okay. So I was pretty much um, from a very early age, I did attend church and my parents were what we uh, in the Christian world would call first time believers. So they came to the Lord as an, as older people, like when they first got married. So they didn't know like all the things that you should and shouldn't do as a Christian. And so they just kind of winged it, let's say. And so um, I was kind of raised in that environment. Like they were learning as they were going, you know what I'm saying? So they were first time believers, but then when I became of age, then I, I knew what to do. You know what I'm saying? So I was taught by going to church, all the right things to do and all the things that we should or should not do. And so um, when I graduated from high school, I pretty much knew, you know, what was the right choice? And what was the wrong choice? But then at about 18 years old, like right after I graduated, I got married um, to a young man and um it was, it was an abusive situation. I, of course, I didn't know that going into it. It was not until after I married him. Um, but then quickly after that, I realized that that was what was going to happen and what, that's what was going on. And so just to not make this really, really long, um, it did happen. And I stayed there for about two and a half years. And um <clears throat> When I say abusive, I mean all ways. So like verbally, emotionally, physically, all of those things, I endured that. And um, I wondered, you know, at times like why I was in that situation. But, you know, sometimes we make choices and then we have to, we have to get out of them, even though, you know, like. We don't know why we're there or why that choice ended up that way. Sometimes we don't have control over other people. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. We make that choice that I end up there, but I could not control him. I could not make him change. So I just had to pray and ask the Lord um, to remove me from this situation. 
And so that's what I did. I would just every night lay in my bed and say, Lord, just like either take me or get me out of here. One or the other. I can't keep doing this. And so finally I was released basically. And I left, but instead of going back to the way that I knew that I should go, because that's how I was raised, you know, like in the church and, and following the ways of the Lord, uh, following, you know, all the things that I was supposed to do. That's not what I did. I ran, um, towards the world instead. And then I, um, you know, smoked and drank and did all the things that I shouldn't have done. Um, just trying to cover up for all that pain and agony and, um, I did that for about five years or so. And then I just did like a 360 degree turn because I was um, just kind of tired of that lifestyle. You know how broken it can be mm-hmm. and how how sad and lonely it can even be because you only have friends because you're doing certain things. And so um, finally I was just like, I'm done with this too. And so I just did like a 360 degree turn and stepped away from that the entire time though my mom kept praying for me and she would say things like this to me she would say you know bonnie she says i'm praying for you i am praying that the lord will do whatever it takes whatever it takes to get your attention and to get you back to to him and i would be like mom you cannot pray that about me like why would you pray that about me so then you're like asking the lord just to do whatever it takes to get me back and that means that you're you know you're asking him to hurt me or whatever and so i could just never understand why she would pray that prayer but i'm so thankful now on the other side of all of it that she did pray that prayer and that she did say hey buddy i'm praying this prayer for you because it got my attention and it reminded me of all the things that i knew and all the ways that I, w- I knew I was supposed to be acting and the choices that I was supposed to be making, but that I wasn't. I was listening um, to the world instead, if, if that makes sense. But um, So then after I kind of sowed those oats, as they say, I um, turned my life back over to God. And it was like very short order of that, probably maybe a year, year and a half um, after doing that switch, um, the Lord brought into my life. So we're, we're talking like six and a half years, probably after my divorce, um, the Lord brought me, um, another husband and he was totally a follower of the Lord and, um, very, very faithful and very, very loving and just loved me exactly where I was, which was still really not in a really good state. I was still very emotional and had not had um, any counseling and had not really been healed up at all. But, um, I think the Lord just knew that I needed to be able to see that, that, um, just that unconditional love. And that's what my husband is for me now, uh, was, um, in the beginning, just a very, he loved me exactly the way I was, you know, like all the things that he always said that he never wanted his wife to do, um, was all the things that I did. <laughs> and so I'm like, I have no idea how he fell in love with me. Because I was not all of the things that were on his, you know, expect expectation list. It was exactly opposite of all of that. But he loved me anyway. And I always say now that um, when God gave me, uh, his name's Kevin. When God gave me Kevin, he knew that I needed someone who was going to love me just the way I was. And I feel like um, by him loving me that way, it showed me that God could love me that way. Mm. And that if, if this man 
who was sent to me, who could love me exactly the way I was. And I was not nice. I was kind of mean actually in the beginning because I was just so broken. Um, if, if he could love me that way, the Lord showed me that, uh, he, that God could love me that way. Mm-hmm. So I, I, th- I say that all the time because it's so true in my life that I needed to be able to see it physically here on this earth in order to understand the love of my father in heaven and that he loves me unconditionally too. And so it's really like just this, this very healing thing that happened through all of that, because I, I had to be able to see it somehow. And that's how it happened. So, um, and now we've been married, we just celebrated our 19th anniversary. So we've been married for 19 years now. So that's kind of a condensed version, I guess you could say. That is so good. And so much, so much truth in there. And just even about your mom praying for you, that's such a testimony to moms who might be listening and they're praying for their prodigal daughters or sons, um, just to know, like, yeah. not give up in that. Yeah. And then a shout out to the husbands, love your wife, like Christ loves the church. And, ah, mm-hmm. that's so good. And I know your testimony is so much bigger than, bigger than that. Um, obviously we could probably talk for like four hours about it. Just the incredible thing right. God has done in your <laughs> life. Like, but yeah, thank you for sharing all of that because it's so good. And I know a lot of people will be able to relate to it. So there's a couple of scriptures I want to read. And then I want to get into talking a little bit about holiness. And then we're actually going to talk about the baptism in the Holy Spirit and the need for repentance. So I'm going to read First okay. Peter um, 1, 15 and 16. And then I'm going to jump over and read Second Timothy 1, 9. So First Peter 1, 15 and 16 says, but as he who called you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct. It is written, I am holy. And then 2 Timothy 1, 9 says, um, who has saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace to us in Christ Jesus before time began. So I just want to talk about that, like holiness and the need to be like set apart and just, I don't know, like the balance of like, I think a lot of times churches try to be super like socially and culturally relevant, but it's at the expense of holiness because we're afraid sometimes to call sin, sin, and to talk about being holy and that need for repentance and turning away from the former ways, which you kind of talked about a little bit in your testimony, the need to just turn away from all of those things and pursue God. And obviously the process, we don't just wake up and I mean, we're born again in an instant, but sanctification, the process of becoming more holy and more like that's something we're still going through even after being saved for many years. So yeah. What do you want to share about that? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I have a couple of things. So, um, you know, I kind of talked about like when I came back to the Lord and I did that 360 degree turn. So right away, because I was raised in church, I knew that, you know, I know what the Bible says, you know, that, that we're not supposed to be drunk, um, which, you know, that goes into the whole alcohol thing, you know, but being drunk and then drinking alcohol, there's that, that, that line there. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So, but I was definitely drinking to the point of being drunk, which I knew was completely wrong. And I was doing that to um, hide all of my hurt and my emotion. And so, um, I turned away from that right away and that was like never an issue for me, but I never could quite get rid of the cigarettes. I smoked for years. And so, you know, I struggled with that and it never, and you know, I always would say, well, it never says in the Bible 
that you cannot smoke. It says you can't be drunk, but you can't smoke, you know, but it doesn't say you can't smoke. But the scripture that came to my mind um, was that we are the temple of the Holy Ghost. And so I always kept thinking to myself, well, if the spirit is living in me, I need to make myself a clean vessel. Right. Mm -hmm. And so is this a good thing for my body? Is this thing pleasing to the Lord? Probably not. Or the other thing that I always think too about is am I putting this thing before God? Do you know what I'm saying? So like for me, it was smoking. Was I putting smoking above God? And my answer was always an adamant. Yes. Was I thinking about smoking more than I was thinking about God? Yes. I would do whatever I could to get that next cigarette. Do you know what I'm saying? But did I go to that extreme with God? Did I do everything I could to talk to him? No. So I was definitely putting that above God. And God says not to put anything above him at all. Mm -hmm. And so those are two ways that I was able to like kind of put into context those things. But I I, I do agree that when we are uh, met with sin, we need to call sin, sin, and then turn. It says to turn from your wicked ways. Mm-hmm. So what would be a wicked way? It would be something that we know as sin. And how do we know what sin is, Janice? From reading our Bibles, right? Yes. From the side. And we need to step away and turn away from those things. So whatever it is, you know, and like I just said, so the context for smoking was not in the Bible. It doesn't say um, thou shall not smoke, Mm -hmm. right? It didn't say that, but I'm supposed to live a life that's pure and holy, right? So when you think of something that's pure and holy, um, do we think of smoking as something that's pure and holy? No. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Am I answering your question? Yeah. Yeah. And I kind of <laughs> want to piggyback on what you're saying. And of course we could get into discussion about strongholds and addictions and things like that. That could be a whole other episode. I yeah. don't really want to go there, but that is yeah. like, God does want right. us to be free from addictions and free from strongholds and really Absolutely. anything. And like, for me, that could be uh, the fact that I am addicted to sugar. I still am addicted to sugar and, you know, food or whatever, yeah. like it could be anything like that that is a stronghold. But I want to read in Galatians 5, um, because it talks about the works of the flesh and the fruit of the spirit. And it talks about how the spirit and the flesh are were with one another. And so I'm just going to pick up in Chapter five, verse 19, it says, now the works of the flesh are evident, which are adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousy, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresies, envy, murders, drunkenness, revelries, and the like, of which I tell you beforehand, just as I also told you in time past, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. That's not us being critical or judgmental. That's flat out what the word of God says. Then it says, but the fruit of absolutely, but the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, long suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. And then down in verse 24, it says those who are Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the spirit, let us also walk in the spirit. So yeah, just that importance of, of, abiding in him because the Bible says when we abide in Christ, we bear much fruit and the fruit that we're bearing is spiritual fruit, fruit of the spirit. So yeah, that's a good, nice long list of works of the flesh. And um, yeah, I'm thinking, yeah. And I'm thinking to myself, as you're reading that, like you could, you could find your sin there probably. Do you know what I mean? I get such a (laughs) very exhausted there. (laughs) Yes. Yes. 
Yeah, there's a lot there. I definitely would encourage people to study the entire word of God, but Galatians is, especially chapter five is a really good one to get into. So, yeah. 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 So, yeah. I mean, and you know, I think, and I think you said something earlier too, about like, it's a, uh, it's a progressive thing, you know, like it happens over time and, you know, like my, my big things were taken care of kind of in the beginning. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But then as my walk with the Lord endures, I go further, he works on different things. Right. And so, um, wrath, you know, you're talking about wrath or, um, fits of rage or do you know what I mean? Like our anger, that's a harder one. It's harder to master or to overcome because we are, we are made of flesh and we have fleshly desires. And so we do get angry and we do have emotions in that area. And so it's harder and that might be something that's going to take some time. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So don't be too hard on yourself either. If you don't just master it all over, uh, and you know, just one moment. Yeah. Just different things take different, different amounts of time is what I'm trying to yeah, say. Yeah, And just deal with them as the Holy spirit brings them up. And, you know, as you're learning yeah. and growing, um, just let that, you know, be dealt with in that, in that context and time frame, And, um, yeah. And just also just yes. a word of encouragement that anything, I mean, God's not out to make a list of do's and don'ts just to be like a, I don't know, whatever kind of God judgmental God, it's always for our good. It's always so that we yes. can live our best yes. life. And, um, so yeah. And he gives us the strength to do that with the power of the Holy spirit. And, um, yeah. So good. So I actually want to get in to talk a little bit about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Um, since we kind of already talked about holiness and repentance and all of that. So the Holy Spirit baptism, I want to read Acts 1 8. So um got my Bible right here. It says, But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. So this is Jesus talking to his followers right before he ascends to heaven. This is after the crucifixion, after the resurrection, before he ascends back up to heaven, he tells them to go and wait. And they end up waiting 120 days, what we call the upper room experience. And they receive the baptism in the Holy spirit in the Holy spirit. Um, and they speak in tongues and they witness and all that. So, um, do you want to share like your experience with receiving the baptism? I can share mine too. And then I just kind of want to talk about like what we, what you think keeps people from receiving that baptism. Like no one argues that one, but the Holy spirit baptism Mm -hmm. is so, I don't know, I guess it depends on um, your church or their doctrine. A lot of churches don't believe that it's for today. I personally do. And I know you do as well. So yeah. So let's just talk about that. Yeah. Um, so my experience with it is, uh, or my testimony with it, I guess is, you know, I was in a, an assembly of God church, um, when I was younger, that's what I was raised to believe. So it was like, I saw that around me, you know, like my mom prayed in the spirit and, um, you know, of course now I'm sitting here thinking, do I remember her doing it when I was little? I don't know so much, but I know that they did, you know, like it was some, I must've been exposed to it somewhere. I'm just trying to remember, you know, I'm, I'm a mom now and I'm almost 50. So, um, that was a long ways ago to think about, but anyway, <laughs> the point is, uh, it was exampled in front of me. And so I knew what it was. So then when I was a preteen and I can't even tell you the exact age because I don't remember, but I remember going to kids camp and, um, 
at kids camp, that was something that they talked about a lot was the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And so all of us kids at that point, we all wanted Mm -hmm. it. That's like something that we looked forward to because it was exampled in front of us and we knew what it was. And so um, I remember going up front, you know, they called all the kiddos up front and said, if you want to be, you know, baptized in the Holy Spirit and receive your prayer language to come up front. And so I was like, I'm going. And so I went up there and I remember I was up there with a whole bunch of kids. The whole thing was just jam packed full of kids. And so nobody came and laid hands on us or anything. This guy up on the stage just led us in a prayer. And he, you know, he said, ask for it, receive it. And and so I did, and I did receive my prayer language. And, you know, like I said, I was very young, so I don't remember necessarily how much I used it, but I do remember as a teenager using it quite a bit. Do you know what I mean? Like I had it, I used it. And so I prayed it quite often. And then when I um, got married and was in that time of not really, I wasn't really not trying to serve the Lord, but my situation was just difficult. You know what I mean? Like it's hard to call out to the Lord in the midst of an abusive situation. You call out for help, not necessarily for anything else. Does does that make Mm -hmm. sense? Your mindset is just not in the place where I'm going to try to, you know, build a relationship with the Lord necessarily. I was just crying out for help. And so I didn't really pray that much at that point in time, but that when I kind of went back to the Lord after like all of that, I remember going back to the church um, and, you know, kind of like rededicating myself basically. And I didn't do anything. Just all of a sudden it just started flowing again. And so I started praying in my prayer language just all again. And like, it just happened. And now I, I just, and I was thinking about that this morning. It was because the heart condition was right. Mm-hmm. Right. Because then I wanted the relationship with the Lord and I wanted to communicate with him. And I wanted to be with him because I knew that when I prayed in the spirit and when I was searching him out, I, it felt good. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like it feels good, right? It feels good to be in communication with the Lord. And so um, that is what I desire. And, you know, it says, you know, I think you read it that when the Holy spirit comes on us, he comes on us with, it it gives us boldness and power, Mm -hmm. right? So that we can be a testimony, right? So that means that because of the Holy spirit in us, it gives us the boldness to be a testimony for, for the Lord to other people. It kind of sets us apart and gives us a voice that in other circumstances we may not mm-hmm. have because now all of a sudden there's this drive within us that makes us want to talk. Yeah. <laughs> we didn't have it before, but now we do. And we want to share about this goodness that we have. Yes. Right. And so I think you know, boldness and that's, that's kind of my little story. Yeah. <laughs> so I, you said you wanted to share too. Yeah, that's so, so good. And I'm going to, I'll shut up. You're fine. I want to encourage anyone that is listening. If you've never read through the book of Acts to do that, because it will really just show you over and over again, experiences of people that receive the baptism in the Holy spirit, because there is argument that it was just for the 20. You'll see many accounts after that. Other people that were not part of that 120 received the baptism. In the Holy and then it's right. also something I want to, my pastor's actually been preaching in this about it, but um, the fact, the Holy Spirit baptism is separate from salvation. It does not give you salvation. Yes. It doesn't, whether you have it 
doesn't, you know, equate your salvation. Your salvation right. is a separate experience. And this is like a post, this is Absolutely. something that happens after afterwards. And like Bonnie was saying, it's for boldness and just to be a witness. And so my story with tongues is the fact, well, with the baptism, Holy spirit and all of that tongues specifically, um, I actually was not raised in church at all. So I had never even heard of any of like the gifts or anything like that. And I started attending um, church, a Pentecostal church. And I think it was like the first Sunday I was there, someone gave a tongue and I literally was like, I have no, I had never even heard of tongues. So I had no concept of it whatsoever. I, I have a lot of friends that um, have been taught over the years that it's not for today, that it did happen. I had no concept of it whatsoever. Yeah. So when I heard it, I immediately was like, that's demonic. Mm -hmm. Like that was my first thought was, I have no idea what that was, that's demonic. So I remember driving home after church that day, I didn't even get through town and I stopped at a stop sign and I was like, God, if that was a view, I want to know. And at that point, I really didn't know the word. I was just starting mm -hmm. to kind of get into the word hadn't read anything about it at all. And I opened up to the exact passage in first Corinthians 12, where it talks about the gifts of the spirit and my eyes landed right on um, the thing about tongues. So I was like, okay, Lord, if that's a view, then I accept it and I want it. And so we had um, like a traveling evangelist come through. Um, I don't know, sometime shortly after that. And, and I received it and kind of like you, I was really in a, um, a dead end marriage that ended in divorce for many years. And kind of a dormant thing um one thing i wanted to say is you were talking mm -hmm. i thought it was just a gift without repentance so you still gift the whole time but it was just dormant in you yeah. and so that's kind of how it was for me yeah. and then as i was healing and going through um single just becoming single and all of that and really pressing in with the lord it's something that has become just super precious to me it's very important to me to pray in the spirit and yeah. um and then there was another thing i wanted to say if you guys want to hear more about tongues specifically, really good teaching. It's on YouTube. It's called Don't Don't Forbid yeah. Speaking Tongues. And he goes through the four different types of tongues because tongues for corporate settings, for things. And I think that gets confused a lot where people are like, oh, well, you have to have interpretation. Well, don't if it's your personal language. So there's just a lot of, I think, misteachings yeah. or misunderstandings, I would say. So that is like... Yeah has heard that one too it's a really good teaching so yeah. definitely encourage you to look that up as well so just yeah and there's so many other gifts too um there's gifts of wisdom and knowledge and faith yeah. and healing and miracles and prophecy and tongues and interpretation discerning yeah. spirits like all of those so good and that's all listed in first corinthians 12 mm -hmm. so go check it out so yeah yeah and you know and i was gonna say you said um i well, I thought mm -hmm. two things. So um, one of the things that I know that really spoke to me is in Jude and it's Jude 25, but it, and it says Jude 25, 17. And it says, but dear friends, remember what the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ foretold. They said to you, and the last times there will be scoffers who will follow their own godly, ungodly desires. These are the people who divide you, who follow mere natural instincts, but do not have the spirit. But you, dear friends, by building yourselves up in your most holy faith and praying in the Holy Spirit, keep yourself in God's love as you wait for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ to bring you to eternal life. And then uh, I was reading in, like I have a study Bible. And so in the bottom under Jude 20, it says, um, such praying includes praying in one's own 
language as promoted by the spirit, praying with wordless groans and praying in a tongue unknown to the one praying. But it says to build themselves up in their most holy faith, to edify themselves, which edify actually means to strengthen. So when you pray in the spirit, it actually strengthens mm-hmm. you. And I remember when I came back to the Lord and I and I was praying in the spirit, I really believe that as I was praying in my prayer language that the Lord gave me, that there was a healing mm-hmm. happening within my soul and within my emotions because I was being strengthened by the spirit within me. And I believe that's how I kind of overcame the emotional issues in my life was by praying in the spirit. Now, I don't know what I... That's my testimony. So, you know, the thing about your testimony is no one can prove it wrong, right? (laughs) That's what I said happened in my life because it's the only thing that makes sense. How else do I get healed up emotionally other than with the praying in the spirit? So, um, yeah, I definitely want to encourage anyone who's listening who either one has never even kind of like me, you didn't even know that this was a thing. Or even those of you who are listening that have been taught that it's not for today to really not or even if you've been taught that it is for today to seek the Lord for yourself on the matter, because, um, I don't know, like, I just want everything God has for me. And that's really been my heart the entire time I've been saved. Like, God, if you have it for me, I want it. So I want it. Yeah. Read Corinthians 12, read 2517. So much. It's actually, I was going to there's, There's just a lot. so much. The word of God is so good. The word of God <laughs> is so good. And I love it. So good. So, good. Uh, so um, yeah. the only other thing that I had to talk about um, before we close out here is just like, if do you think there are misconceptions about Holy Spirit that people, I know there are, so, but like any that you think of that might be something yeah. for people or um, I don't know, you want to share? Yeah. Um, well, I think of two things that uh, are probably stumbling blocks for people and I, and I'm going to hit it and I don't really have the answer for anyone necessarily on this, but I know people who struggle with this. And so that's kind of what I want to, why I want to say something about it. And that is for people who have prayed for the Holy Spirit and w- with the evidence of speaking in tongues. So they're praying for their prayer language and they still can't seem to get it. Do you know what I mean? Like, you know, those people who've prayed that and it doesn't happen for them. So then they just assume that it's mm-hmm. not for them. Right. But you know, that teaching that you talked about with John Bevere, it talked mm-hmm. about that a bit, remember? And, um, and, you know, and it's just sometimes a disconnect because I think some people think through, think through things more. And some of us are more, more emotional. I'm definitely very emotional and I don't really think through things as well as um, some other people. Like my husband, for instance, he um, took a lot longer for him to get his prayer language because he had to work through it and he had to process through it. Mm -hmm. He had to understand it. Right. And so sometimes I think that the understanding is what's getting in our ways of uh, getting in the way of uh, letting that be released. Does that make sense? But the Holy Spirit isn't going to open your mouth and make it come out. It's going to be something that you have to allow. Right. And so um, I think that that's a big misconception that they, they think that because they've prayed for it, that me, and they have not spoken in the prayer language that they, they they're not ever going to receive it. 
And that's just not true. Sometimes it just takes yeah. a minute, you know, sometimes it takes more than one. Day. Yeah. And like you were saying, I kind of wanted to piggyback on that a little cool. is it is a yielding. It's not like the Holy spirit is going to come over you and you're going to have this out of body experience and you're going to feel tingling. And it's going to be like this. Sometimes I think people have it and they don't even realize it because they've just yet to, they to yield, yield. Exactly. Tongue. Um, and then I actually wanted to share a testimony um, of a friend of mine. I won't name her name in case she doesn't want me to share testimony, but she actually was, <laughs> she was actually <laughs> raised in a church that preached very much against tongues. And I don't know about the gifts. I think it's probably healing. Um, but anyway, things like that, but they spoke very much against tongues and, and those things. And so it was grew for more Holy spirit and was like, God, I don't want to go off what I've thought. I want to go. I'm seeing in your word that this is something from you. And so if it is, I want it. And so she actually, for three days, sat in a room on a, like in a chair with nothing on nothing and just sat there. Didn't, she wasn't praying. She was just like, I, know, I want it if you have it for me. And it took, she had like three days of just be just going in and seeking the Lord in this room. And then like on the third day, God just poured his spirit out on her and it just bubbled up out of her. And, and I know a lot of people, I actually started a thread on Facebook um, earlier today, asking people for their experiences because everybody's is so different and it is, God is not a cookie. God's not a cookie cutter God. So it's not going to look the same for us, but just to seek that, that's my biggest, really my heart with this whole episode is just to encourage people to seek that for themselves and to seek more of the Lord and whatever that looks like in their lives. So, yeah. Do you have anything else you want to share? You know, I Yes. One more thing before I'm finished. So you just, that, that little story there just reminded me of um, the fact that I taught, I taught a Bible study for ladies um, for like seven plus years at one of the churches I attended. And so in that seven years, I had many opportunities to pray with women, many opportunities for them to be filled with the Holy Spirit and speaking in, in their prayer language. And some of them, you know, you'd pray for them right away and they'd get it. And it was, you know, a beautiful thing to see. And then others wouldn't. And I remember this one lady, uh, her name uh, was Nancy. You won't know her, so it won't matter. But um, her name was Nancy and she was beautiful. She was a beautiful lady, but she was a little bit older than me. And I prayed with her a couple different times for the Holy Spirit baptism. And she never received it when she was like, well, I mean, she received it, but you know what I mean? Like she never yielded to it in the moment. But she said that that one night after we prayed, she was in her car on the way home. And she was singing and praising the Lord. And in that moment, the Lord just came over her and she started praying in tongues. She said she had to pull over to the side of the road because the Holy Spirit took over. And she was like, just sitting on the side of the road, just praying in the spirit. And she said it was the most wonderful things. And I remember when she told me that story, I just, Ugh. I just wept with her, you know, cause it was just that so is. beautiful because it was just such a victory for her. And, you know, and it was alone. She was alone in her car. She felt peace. And it was just a beautiful, beautiful thing. So, you know, sometimes it doesn't happen right in that moment and that's okay, but just keep seeking him, keep seeking him because it's a beautiful present. It's a beautiful gift. And why would you not want that good gift? Mm, So good. I love that. So I love ending all my podcasts with prayer. Would you mind closing us out with this episode in prayer and thank you for joining me and all this conversation. I know it's going to minister to a lot of people and, and just really encourage people to, to keep seeking the Lord and to, yeah, just go all in. Yeah. So good. So yes, I'll pray. 
Thank you, Lord, for this opportunity. I thank you for this opportunity to just have this um, good conversation with Janice, Father God, and that hopefully, Lord, our words will minister to somebody else and that, Lord, they will receive hope in the midst of their circumstances, wherever they are. If they're in a broken relationship, Father God, and they're looking for you, that, Lord, they will find that hope and that, Father God, that they will know that healing is still for them, that, Lord, their broken heart, their broken circumstances, all of that can be healed, Father God. You have put before them two women who have been broken and yet are now healed, Father God. And we just thank you right now for your healing power that still flows, that, Father God, you can heal our emotions, you can heal our physical bodies, and that, Father God, you can also just bless us with good gifts like the baptism of the Holy Spirit and speaking in tongues. And we thank you for those things, Father God. We thank you that you give us those things to help us here on this earth until we can return to you, Lord. And we just thank you for this time. And we thank you for all that you do. And we just lift all these people up to you that are listening tonight, Father God. And we just ask you to touch them and to touch their hearts right where they are. And Lord, we just ask you um, just to speak to them in these moments. And we just give you all the praise and all the glory in Jesus' Amen. name. Amen. Amen.